0: Listeners, this is PSG Talk contributor Mark Damon, and this is PSG Small Talk for Saturday, November 24th, 2018. We are back from the international break. Paris Saint-Germain had a game today. They played Toulouse at the Parc des Princes. They were looking for their 14th consecutive win in league 1 play to start the season. We will also, in this show, cover a little bit of what is to come on Wednesday, which is simply the biggest game in recent PSG history, when they take on Liverpool at the Parc des Princes. So, a bunch to get to, not a whole bunch of time, but I'll hit them one by one. Let's start with today. PSG defeated Toulouse 1-0 on an Edinson Cavani wonder goal in, I think, the 10th minute. It was just a bouncing ball in the box. Adjian Ravio kept it alive. Cavani settled it with his chest, settled it with his boot let the ball come down to about shin height, and then just drilled it right into the back of the net. That really was the only highlight in this game. This was another sort of example of what PSG looked like without Neymar and Kylian Mbappe. Both were out, as you probably have heard, both picked up injuries in their last international friendlies. Uh, Neymar pulled his groin, basically, Um the severity of which is not quite known. It doesn't seem like it's very serious. And he's getting treatment on it, and I think he'll play. I, I mean, he'll at least give it a go. He might come up lame again during the game, which tends to happen with these injuries sometimes. But after watching today, you can clearly tell that he's needed. So if he can go out there and he can try to play, he should play in this game because they really – when it comes to the Champions League, there really is not a tomorrow. There really isn't a next game if PSG don't win, and they're going to need all of their players at as close to 100% as possible. So, hopefully, it's not too bad. Kylian Mbappe had a nasty-looking shoulder injury in the uh, in France's game against Uruguay, but he seems to be fine too. He was held out as a precaution; it's a bruised shoulder. No uh, no tearing, no, no uh, shoulder separation, no injury to the AC joint. So it looks like PSG avoided some major injury scares heading into this big game against Liverpool. And they wisely, obviously, sat those two out. They were at the game. They were watching from the skyboxes against um, Toulouse, who gave it a fight, but to lose are very limited in their ability to score. And it's going to be very hard even when they get good opportunities to be clinical against a PSG team who quite frankly they weren't playing at full speed. And we go back to the Monaco game 2 weeks ago. They really weren't playing full speed in that game. And in this game it does feel like they were just sort of easing their way back in. And quite frankly, you take out Neymar and Mbappe and they have a much tougher time scoring than they usually do even against these sort of mediocre league on teams it takes them a while to break them down they're they're more predictable in their ability in their in their passing and i just felt like without the spark plugs in that in that engine without the 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 real sort of energy that gets that offense moving It all was just very lethargic. And there's just not a lot to take from this. It's the 14th straight win, and obviously PSG needs to be happy about that because they've done something that no other team in the history of the five major European leagues have done. They've won 14 straight to start the season. They have bested their own personal record for longest winning streak. Dating back to 2000, the 2015 year, the end of the 1415 and the beginning of the 1516 season under Laurent Blanc. So you can't poo-poo a win, but I said there really is just not much I can take from this because it it just it, it wasn't much of a game. I, I mean, Toulouse just didn't have the ability to score. What I will take is some really good play by Moussa Diaby in the defense, on the defensive side of the wall. He looks like a player that in this 3-4-3 can play the wingback position and do it fairly well. It's not his natural position, but he's showing enough of a defensive aptitude where you can start putting him into big games and he can give you some of that two-way play that you really want from a position like a wingback. Um, Cavani obviously got his goal. Draxler was a little disappointing, and I, I'm the, I'm the, I think founding member of the Julian Jaxler at PSG fan club. He, he's been my favorite player on that team, even probably more than Neymar and Mbappe, and that's that's saying a lot. And one of the reasons is because he's, in my mind, a supercomputer of a player. Like, he reads the game so well, and he's so tactically sound, and he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. But I think in his position he was in today, he just didn't get the ball enough. Like, he's also a player that needs to get into the sort of rhythm of the game. He needs to be able to read the game, and... he's finding a comfort in that midfield where he can kind of take the ball and read the game in front of him. But as an attacking player, it's just sort of he's linking up, he's looking for space. And that's not, I think, his specialty. I don't think that's what he does particularly well in in, in this set. And I, I found it interesting that you take Neymar off this team, they become way more, and this is probably something that's really stupid and obvious to say, but it was really pronounced in this game, which was, they are such a different team when Neymar's not on the field. Different strategically. And I don't even know if that's sort of by design. I just think that's sort of by osmosis. Like, when Neymar doesn't get the touches on the ball that he gets... What kind of happens is there isn't really somebody like Draxler who fills his role. It's more sort of they become way more midfield reliant. They become way more predictable, and they become way slower. And you had a lot of touches from Marco Verratti in this game, a lot of touches from Adrien Rabio, a lot of touches from Angel Di Maria, and it just wasn't very productive they weren't able to get the ball into dangerous situations. And that's what Neymar does maybe better than anybody at this point in the game, which is he gets other players into dangerous positions or score and gets other players scoring chances or opens the door for a scoring chance three to four passes down the line because his pass unlocked the defense and got it over the top. And it eventually leads to a goal. That's what he gives them. And then Kylian Mbappe gives them the, the speed and the burst and the quality to sort of get on the end of those passes. That's really where I think the genius of the way PSG are set up comes from. Starts with Neymar, ends with Mbappe. And if Edinson Cavani can do the things he did today and kind of pick up the scraps and finish strong you'll have a really well-balanced attack, and if midfield-wise they can hold their own and not get annihilated, then you'll have a chance, and you'll have a really good chance to win a lot of these games. Which brings me to Liverpool, because honestly this Toulouse game was a whole whole bunch of nothing. Toulouse are... Sorry, Liverpool are... I, I'm not even sure how to describe it. They're they're beatable. They are very beatable in their current condition. They just beat Watford 3-0, but right now the Premier League is probably the weakest it's been in 10 years. So I'm not sort of taking a lot into Liverpool's domestic uh, outlook. I don't read that much into it. They They're gettable. They're very beatable. And especially... With PSG at home, in a place where they very rarely lose in Europe. And you would think if all the players come back healthy the way they need to, PSG put out the 11 that they're capable of putting out, they should beat Liverpool at home. And they should, in that case, all but secure the high ground in that group in the sense of they're probably going to qualify. Is beating Red Star on the road easy? No, obviously not. But you can at least see that happening. You know, and that's uh, that's not the hardest thing to envision happening. But it all comes down to Wednesday. And it all comes down to PSG's ability to get the job done at home in a ginormous game. I'm assuming Neymar and Mbappe play. If they play, obviously, Cavani's going to gonna go alongside them. And then you'll have, I think, Verratti, Draxler in the midfield. I don't think they're going to change that. I don't see Adrian coming in and taking that spot. I, Not from what's been up the last couple of weeks. I, I don't see that happening. And then your wingbacks are probably Bernat and... Uh Munye, again, Alves isn't fit yet. Neither is Kurzawa. You, I don't see them putting in Soki in a game this big. So really not a lot of surprises. The only other, I think, potential debate, because Buffon is starting in goal, is Kerr or Kimpembe. And it'd be interesting if they started Kerr. i think they could and get away with it because i think honestly right now carer is playing better than presnel Kimpembe and we're in a situation where i don't think one of those guys is infinitely better than the other but what i do think is that sometimes one of them will have the hot hand over the other and one will be playing better than the other at the moment and presnel's been a little shaky the last month so I could very well see it being Tilo Kerr, who got rested today, and it being Silva, Marquinhos, and Kerr. So they put that lineup out. All things considered, even though Liverpool have a dynamic attack, Firmino, Salah, and uh, Mane are all healthy. Their midfield is healthy. Liverpool have, the obviously, the weapons to go into the Parc de Pronts and win that game. But it's not... It's not, and this is where I get frustrated because we analyze these games to death and we talk about all of the different things that should happen and could happen in a game like this when it comes to two even teams, fairly even teams. And we try to use logic and we try to go, oh, well, if these things all happen, PSG should win. But we all know, Whatever talent there is, whoever's playing for who, whatever, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. What matters here is mentality. What matters here is can PSG put a solid 90 minutes together without falling on their face or making a critical mistake at the critical time or giving up a penalty, whatever, We all know this game is going to come down to PSG's mentality. We all know that this is in Paris Saint-Germain's hands. And it's what they do. If they come out and do something they haven't done in years, which is have a convincing total victory with everything on the line and everything to lose... They can go out there and do that, and they'll win. But the last two years, if it has taught us nothing, it is that this Paris Saint-Germain team is a mentally fragile group. We don't know what is going to happen. We have no earthly idea what this is going to be. If you had to guess, you think they blow it. And this is me trying not to be pessimistic. But until they show you that they can and that they can get back up and put in a performance that they need to put in with everything, everything at stake, millions of dollars on the line, potential ramifications, That could last years and years if they don't win this game. All that. They got to show up and play. They got to put their best foot forward and they can't screw it up. And that's where the nerves come in. That's why it's almost ridiculous to analyze this game in any way. Because you can talk about the matchups, you can talk about who's better defensively, who's better offensively, blah, blah. You can talk about it, but we all know this game's going to come down to mentality. And if PSG can bring the right mentality, and if they can take this game and make it their own, and not shudder and fall in front of the mounting, mounting pressure. Tactics are I don't care. Tuchel will have a great tactical plan. So will Jurgen Klopp. They'll both have their teams ready. But one of those teams will, will rise to the challenge, and that one will be Liverpool. Liverpool will rise to this challenge. They will play well. They will not hand PSG this game. PSG will have to respond in kind. They will have to elevate their level as well. So I'm not going to make a prediction because predictions are futile. I'm just going to say, look at the history. That probably tells you what's going to happen. But we all know that there's a chance that PSG rises to the occasion. And we hope for that. And we dream of that. But... I just can't be that confident. Not after what I've seen. And on that shipper note, um, please uh, follow PSG Talk on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, Subscribe to our podcast, PSG Talking and PSG Small Talk. We will have a lot more in the coming weeks. We'll review the Liverpool game in depth. We'll talk about the January transfer windows. Depending on what the Liverpool game brings us, We'll be either talking about Europa League or Champions League progression. A lot going on. Um, New articles by Eduardo Razo and John O'Longhi, my two friends who may or may not join me next Saturday. I'm going to ask them to see if they can come on and we'll discuss all of the happenings and goings on. But before we leave, and I'll end on this. Adrian Rabiot just said today to media members that his fate is not decided. That he will be the one to speak when and if he ever makes up his goddamn mind. He's a frustrating human being. He has been a frustrating human being. He will continue to be a frustrating human being. And PSG fans have wanted to embrace this player, have desperately wanted him for years to embrace being the homegrown Parisian midfielder, PSG's Iniesta, but I think we're at a point now where there might be no going back. It might be time for him to move on. And I'm totally okay with that. Players should have the ability to do what they want, to play for who they want to play for, and to be happy and to make the money that they feel they can make to support themselves and them and their families. I have never, ever deviated from that thought. However, this is different, because what Adrian has done, as he has tried to make it all about himself without, because he hasn't said anything, his silence has indeed, as the cliche goes, been deafening. He refuses to address anything. He goes through life, doesn't say a word, yet he allows this chaos to happen around him. And when he does speak, he normally just puts his foot in his mouth. He's a guy who, when he was not selected for the national team for the World Cup, decided he wasn't going to show up for the reserves. He was too good to show up for the reserves. And he let that story sit for days and days until he finally came out with a statement. And that statement wasn't good enough. Then, here come all these reports about him wanting to go to Barcelona, him wanting to go to Juventus. And instead of saying, in August, yeah, I'm probably going to go. You should probably get rid of me now. Or, no, I'm staying. Let me sign the extension. He does this, oh, let's see how it goes. Let's hold the organization hostage, if you will. Let's string this along as long as humanly possible so that I get what I want. And as I said, it's absolutely within his right. But I feel like he's been deceptive and I feel like he's been dishonest. And it's clear from the reporting that he has been telling different members of management, different things. He's been telling Nasser one thing. He's been telling Henrique the other. And unless he comes out and he gives a general reason as to why there's been so much confusion over the last four months about his status and where he's going or what he's doing, we have to trust the reporting. And some of it's his mother but some of it's just his pure immaturity and his inability to act like a man and to act like a baby, to act like a child, to be wishy-washy, to vacillate, to say, I don't really know what I want. PSG have given him the money offers, so apparently it isn't the money because he's been getting close to $10 million. I mean what difference does it make at that point unless you really want to be stuck at that 10 million mark? What's the difference between 9.5 and 10? So it's clearly not the money. It's about this guy wanting to make a spectacle of himself and be important and create a bidding war and feel like pretty woman. That's what he wants to do. He wants to feel like pretty woman. He wants to feel like all the men are chasing after him and they all want to put a ring on his finger. And here's dear Adrian, blushing wiping his face wiping the wiping out his face with a towel and going oh my dear look at all these young men really want me that's what this is about this is a vanity project for him this is about being wanted and being courted and i don't think he even knows what he wants and it's frustrating Because here's a guy that we felt, that the fan base felt, that the management felt, could be that adult leader of this club, the leader that this club needs, the fulcrum around which it all revolves, and he's just proven time and time again, he's just a big baby, not ready for prime time, not ready to be what we thought he could be. And it's sad, and it's upsetting, but here we are, it's time to move on, c'est la vie, au revoir.